Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Happy New Year, everybody. Coming to you from beautiful Lake Tahoe. A little remote recording. But fear not, still got NBA League Pass to spool up in the evenings. We got some news to catch up on here. And then Danny suggested this topic a while ago. And I think it's a good time to do it now with trade season soon upon us. Just talk about players who we might like to see somewhere else. Where we feel they're not getting their talents maximized. We feel like they could do more or just guys who need to change the scenery so that's basically uh what we got in store for you today um where do you want to start as far as news here mr Luru? considering he's been out the longest we can say that Dion waiters finally made his return miami is playing cleveland on wednesday he played six minutes in the first half happy to see him back on the floor miami does have when they're healthy and there's obviously still missing goran Dragic and i believe a few other guys but good to see him out on the floor waiters had a an unlikely bonus for 70 plus played games this season he is not getting that bonus we already know that but Miami is still in the thick of the the playoff hunt and they need help yeah especially with Goran Dragic out his brand of driving kick may prove useful of course expecting a contribution from a guy who basically has missed almost a full year and was not himself before the injury it's really been a year and a half almost more than that almost two years and it was really March of 2017 was the last time we saw him out there playing effectively and he missed time earlier that year and so to say that he's going to get back to that level he was in 2017 seems somewhat unlikely and when you consider also that that was what maybe 50 games of like crazy good shooting that got him that contract so if he can even come close to what he was doing earlier in his heat career he can help them but we'll see i mean they're they desperately need him so he's going to get chances but i I wouldn't expect the world right away that's to be sure another one we could talk about early on because obviously it's important lebron james is it looks like this is taking a little bit more time my prediction that he would be back January 2nd against Oklahoma City is already wrong. He has been ruled out for that game. But more importantly, it looks like it'll be a little bit longer. What I like about this from the Lakers perspective, and we saw this recently actually with Steph Curry, is that since this is a new injury for LeBron, the medical staff is being more cautious about bringing him back, rushing him back, because even though these games are important for the Lakers, to be sure, getting this right and not having him miss, re-injure it, miss an extended period of time is significantly more important. And significantly more important than that even is that I got our first prediction right, and you did not. Uh, although I guess, yeah, or at least, clo- or at least closer. You're closer to the pin for sure. Yeah. We don't know if you're going to get it. That's right true. Or that's not. true. I mean, we we do have to figure out a way to like avoid prices writing each other on those. Although that, I mean, I could. I, it looks like I'm going to be. I, I mean, too. we're just we're just going to make our own. Yeah, we're going to make our own predictions. But you were closer, yeah. so you 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 beat me on. I mean, this we've one. been doing this for like almost four years now. Like I I trust you not to uh, game the system. Um, unless the stakes are high, of course. But these are pretty low stakes. Well, except except for the time <laughs> that didn't didn't you predict 
the Warriors to lose the finals one year because that was your only way to win our prediction contest? Was that the year they actually <laughs> lost? Is that what happened? Did you beat me because they lost in the finals and you only predicted it because that was your chance? I'm remembering this is stream of consciousness, but I'm, I seem to remember that happening. I don't remember that at all, but I'm going to pretend that I do because uh, any. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So, but with LeBron, I mean, he just started putting up shots yesterday. And so you'd have to imagine that he's really probably a week away, you would say at this point. I mean, he was seen limping around uh, before that. And so usually, you know, that's a pretty hefty groin injury there when you can't even walk just normally around the arena not to mention uh, trying to move laterally at all um but yeah i mean that's uh, it's been reported that james is going to take his time because this is a new injury for him that's a kind of what i thought but i mean i still picked that he's going to be back on friday and i kind of doubt that that's even going to be the case either um we talked about Rondo's surgery on the 15 and 60. Michael Beasley, he is uh, still not with the team, uh, as far as I know. Uh, let's turn to Memphis now, where Chandler Parsons has actually been cleared to play. He says he is healthy and dying to play. His quote, I'm medically cleared by the people I work with every single day that are experts. So it's frustrating to watch a team struggle and I'm sitting there on the bench healthy. He said that they had targeted December 21st as a return date and he's gone through five on five practice for two weeks without any soreness Uh, the Grizzlies asked him to go to the G League for a really long time and there hasn't really been much communication so if he's healthy what is the point of not putting him out there do you think just to like fool another team into thinking that like maybe he's healthy and could contribute and could be traded like is that is that what this is Uh, that's the only explanation that comes to mind for me it could be something i wondered about i think this depends on the specific language of the contract is if there's something in his insurance that if it's he misses a certain number of games but they didn't say that it had to be injury related maybe they could save some extra money yeah again i don't know the terms of the contract it's just me trying to think of reasons because as you said this is this is strange for a couple of different things and one of them being that general parsons is not just under contract for this year this is not just a maybe them holding him to see if he can be salary fodder in july or sorry in january february he's under contract for next season so this gets a little bit weirder for all of these purposes yeah and i am guessing that this doesn't have anything to do with insurance it may be that he it wouldn't surprise me because i think the league's insurance carrier can pick i think it's 14 players that are just can't be covered by insurance at the start of every year and uh wouldn't shock me if Chandler parsons was one of those with 24 million dollars and uh not an extensive history of actually playing in games for the memphis grizzlies so i don't think it has anything to do with the insurance um and if it did have to do with the insurance he's been proved healthy now so just having a missed games that wouldn't help you with the insurance you if you wanted the insurance you'd actually have him come back and hope he gets injured again and you get get paid the insurance uh so i don't know maybe this is something that deserves a little bit more of a look into like that this the insurance stuff is not really public so we're kind of working around the margins with various tidbits here so i'm not sure how reliable all these opinions are but um yeah i I mean maybe they just think that he's a distraction and he's just going to get injured again and like they don't want to start relying on him and like you know or maybe he just doesn't look that good in practice i i don't i really it's difficult for me to say here um but the, i mean other than him the Grizzlies well, have been we, very healthy this year. well we should have started i completely blanked on this at the beginning with john wall i mean that's the biggest the biggest news that happened since the last time we recorded john wall is has been having this heel issue for it seems like a little while now candace Buckter has talked about this over the last few at least weeks i think it might even be since earlier in the season and he decided to have surgery that surgery will keep wall out for the remainder of the season 
for the entirety of the remainder of the season. And I think I saw six to eight months. Six to eight months would mean that we should expect him to be available for the start of next season, at least the regular season, hopefully the preseason as well. And there are a series of different ripple effects from this. One of them being, this could be another opportunity for the non-Wall Grizzlies. I mean, the everybody eats kind of idea. Maybe this will open things up a little bit for them. Wall is the strange... The the non-Wall... Jeez, man. The non-Wall Wizards is what we're going for. That's always great when I try to correct your your verbal misstep and <laughs> step over my my own feet myself here um I, oh I did want to be clear on one thing though it's they're talking about a heel issue but it really appears to be causing soreness in the Achilles I think it's bone spurs yeah. at the back of the heel that you are causing irritation in the Achilles tendon that's kind of what it sounds like here and while yeah. which sounds similar to Mike Conley uh which is interesting yeah, you know I'm not sure if Conley had bone spurs I mean this uh, I have a little bit more hope for this surgery because it's supposed to just take the bone spurs out of the way. I mean, I think my best understanding of it is basically like the bone spurs almost like cut into the tendon basically and cause irritation. So if those are taken out now, you know, I mean, is this both? This is both heels that he's going to have surgery on? I mean, that's like, that's a pretty crazy. I mean, and you've got to avoid irritating the tendon and you imagine he's not going to be able to walk for a while. I mean, it's going to be a six to eight months. That's a lengthy rehab process, especially if it's on both heels. Uh, no, it's only his left heel. Actually. Okay, that's... That's that's a little bit better. Uh, a Haglund's deformity is uh, what it is known as. So in any event, Wall had his good days and his bad days. This is I think he's said this has been going on for even going back a few years now. And you know he had that forty point game at, against the Lakers where he looked awesome. He had other games he wasn't able to finish. Or you know he even mentioned in an interview that you know some of these viral videos of him just kind of walking around like that that he blamed this uh, this irritation on that. I'm sorry he. he blamed that on the irritation but this is still troubling i mean you always can go one of two ways with the surgery right it's like well okay his issues are gonna be alleviated and it'll be fine but this is now a second surgery in as many years for wall getting into his late 20s i mean i I guess if he comes back next year the hope is he could play a little bit better than he played this year and you know maybe give more of an effort on the defensive end i think that's one of the biggest areas where he's really slipped and could stand to get more consistent so maybe there's some hope there that he can come close to an all-star level maybe next year um which is only the first of course of, of that four-year 170 million dollar contract uh by the way for those who suggested that maybe the wizards could stretch him they probably wouldn't be able to do that because you're only allowed to have 15 percent of the salary cap salary stretched in one year and if they stretched him now he would actually be about 18 million so the cap would have to really skyrocket up for them to be able to do that so i don't think they even can stretch him um but you're starting to talk about where the Wizards go from here, what this means to the direction of the franchise. Right. So we'll see how they play without him. They they won the first game that Wall missed and they are currently, as we're recording this, ahead of the Hawks. Granted, that is also against the Atlanta Hawks. But broadly speaking, I mean, this team just made a win-now move, trading Kelly Oubre for Trevor Reza. Ariza cannot be aggregated before the deadline because that deal happened after the, the timeline there. For those who remember, the Alec Burks-Kyle Korver deal happened right before that deadline. So so Ariza can be traded, but it's a much narrower field that, that can happen there. And I mean, this is... a team that is in the luxury tax that is in the luxury tax for all intents and purposes next year and has a significant chance of missing the playoffs entirely this year. Fred Katz has written before about how unusual a circumstance that is. So how Ted Leonsis 
how Ernie Grunfeld handles this will be really important. I don't expect to see them make any big moves just because it's Ernie Grunfeld. You know, if it were me, I would be thinking about this very differently. But if this were me, they also wouldn't have been in this situation. You know, it would make a lot of sense now. Ariza to the Kings. If the Kings can stay in it just a little bit longer. Because that, the Kings have about $11 million in space. So they could send salary back. Uh, it'd only have to be about $4 million or so to make the math work. If the Wizards were able to move on from Ariza, they are a little bit less than $5 million over the tax line. So if they could just take back 4 or $5 million from Ariza, or, or even take back as uh, as much as $10 million, they could get pretty close to being out of the tax. They probably would want a little more of a buffer zone than that. So the Sacramento cap space, now the question of what the price would be for Ariza is an interesting one right i assume that the wizards would want to get something back for him but they could get out of the tax entirely and maybe you know costa kufos who crazily enough might actually slightly help the wizards uh given their center situation right now kufos is making nine million so that could get the wizards pretty close to being out of the tax well, and also, while Ariza cannot be aggregated, I believe they could structure it as separate sure. deals and theoretically move some other pieces back. Yeah, and maybe someone else could go from the Wizards too, who who might help right. Sacramento. That's 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 a, keep an eye out for that at the mock trade deadline, uh, which will be in a, a couple of weeks here. So I guess we'll see what happens to the Wizards. I mean, they, they are still. What are their playoff odds right now? As of the time we are recording this, five thirty eight has them projected for a thirty five and forty seven record and a thirty six percent chance of making the playoffs yeah and i believe that's now updated for the fact that wall is going to miss the season although he probably wasn't helping them too i much. think so um so yeah i mean that kind of seems about right and I, I mean the whiz also you know maybe steering into the tank as hard as possible is what you need to do here because you know start not playing bradley beal 42 minutes a game um and try to get a draft pick that maybe can revitalize this franchise if wall comes back uh give them an out or maybe even a good enough draft pick that they could trade it to get something to where you know they could at least get back into like solid playoff realm in the eastern conference or maybe even could be packaged well, with wall <laughs> to move him i mean well along those lines right now so remember i like to use the loss column for good teams and the win column for bad teams because the idea being that they'll they can pick up the margin on the other side washington is sixth from the bottom in wins right now they're 14 and 23 so if they fall especially because a couple of the teams below them you know might try a little bit harder you could think about boylan and chicago as an example here they could make up some ground here other whiz news markeith morris is seeing a specialist about a neck injury that's been bothering him for a while he's not playing tonight he hopes to be back soon but that's something to keep an eye on morris another potential trade candidate by the way as an expiring contract uh or a potential shutdown candidate to steer into the tank a, a little bit more the good news in theory for the whiz is that Otto porter returned versus the hawks he, he came off the bench after missing i think almost 10 games uh with that quad injury uh, all right we got much more to get to here but because i'm on the road you guys know where this is going i got to tell you about quip i used to hate taking my electric toothbrush on the road it was so heavy got that huge battery pack it takes up a ton of space in your dop kit 
But then when I was introduced to Quip, which I use at home as well, but I actually have a separate Quip that I just keep in my DOP kit, which I can do because they start at just $25. So I make sure that I never forget it at home. And then it's got this AAA battery. So you don't have to worry about charging it when you're on the road or, or anything like that. AAA battery lasts three months in this thing. Moreover, Quip uses sensitive sonic vibrations. It's not too abrasive like a lot of electric toothbrushes are. It's gentle on sensitive gums. It's got a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch quadrants of your mouth. And it's got this great cover too that works as a stand. You can mount it to a mirror. It slides over your bristles when you throw it in your dop kit and protects everything. So that's why I love Quip. And that's also why over a million now happy, healthy mouths do too. As I mentioned, Quip starts at just 25 bucks. And if you go to getquip, G-E-T-Q-I-P, getquip.com slash capspace, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P, getquip.com slash capspace. And make sure with that slash capspace URL, you let them know that you came from us. I think we should turn to Toronto here. Troubling news that Kyle Lowry had injections in his back last week. He's missed nearly 10 games as well. Nick Nurse did say that he could come back soon, but that it's a matter of pain tolerance. You know how much I hate it when anyone says, oh, it's a matter of pain tolerance because there's just no reason to put that type of pressure on your player and make him kind of sound like a wuss for not coming back. Uh, But I don't like this idea with the back that, you know, if you're getting injections, that's kind of masking the problem, right? And, And we've seen Kyle Lowry have some issues with his hamstrings before, have some issues with his lower back. And the Raptors really have struggled offensively with the exception of last night when Kawhi had a career high 45 and Siakam was also unbelievable. But generally, they've had some of their worst offensive games with Lowry out. And I think they really miss his passing a lot and his deep shooting on that first unit. They don't have a ton of passing on this team outside of Lowry. And he's been, uh, I'm not sure if he's still leading the league in assists, but he's been right up there all year. Are you concerned about this at all, Danny? I I think we need to watch this one. I am concerned, especially because backs can can linger and you know if it if, if anything happens to this more in the time frame of the playoffs and as you said the the raptors have they rely on him he, he isn't necessarily you know, at with Kawhi. Kawhi is a more stable creator for himself but you still want lowry out there he still makes a lot of a lot of it go so yeah i i do think that it's important for them continue in reverse alphabetical order here rudy gay had a sore left wrist looking like it might be a bit for him he said he couldn't actually move it uh so that's a little bit concerning but the Spurs uh, continue right along they house Boston the other night without Gay and then uh, Marvin Bagley they said a couple days ago that he would resume basketball activities in two weeks with that bone bruise in his knee and he was on crutches earlier shortly after suffering that injury so you imagine even it could be as many as three weeks three and a half weeks if he's just resuming basketball activities uh, 10 days from now. But the good thing is he said today that he is pain-free. So I think we'll probably, it'll take him a little bit of time, but that's a good step in the process, even if it still do, will take him some time. Yeah, but bone bruises, I mean, you can ask Derek Favors and Dwayne Wade yeah. how tricky <laughs> those are. Uh, Mo Harkless missed another game with that sore knee, but he was back in the lineup uh, on Tuesday as they had a crazy win uh, against the Kings. A great comeback. Uh, Dame Lillard went off in that game towards the end, but still troubling that Harkless still has to have that knee managed after the surgery for philly joel Embiid missed their absolute blowout win or i'm sorry blowout loss i should say in portland on sunday night did play versus the clippers though had 28 and 19 the knee soreness uh that's the knee that he had surgery on it his rookie year so 
something else to monitor there with the the crazy minutes load that he's had by far the most of his career and then he actually had an incident with Ben Simmons where he got mad at Simmons for almost hitting him in the face during a, some rebounding action and his explanation was I got worried because that's the same face that got broken last year <laughs> yeah the same face <laughs> imagine that uh <laughs> that's great uh, fortunately for Orlando uh it looked it looked like DJ Augustine might have some trouble playing on Wednesday he is playing and as of when we're recording this they're absolutely trucking the Chicago Bulls so that's that's there but by the way and yeah this is your actually, your your rant of Orlando and the Bulls like playing each other I think this is like the third time they've played each other in like the Jim Boylan era already it's like less like a I month. believe so yeah 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 which also makes it uh, I can't remember I think it was Casey Johnson was talking about how it's funny how Boylan makes every game like he talks about how every game's a big game and it's a, like the third time they've played them in the last couple weeks and it's the Bulls and the Magic but that's the way it goes let's move to a more exciting team the Denver Nuggets the Nuggets are on the men Millsap and Gary Harris have both returned in recent games Millsap against the Suns Harris against the Knicks and Will Barton per Chris Dempsey is expected back soon so they're getting back to it and we talked about this recently I think on the 15 and 60 but Denver made it through this rough patch of health in far better in far better colors or better shape than I expected yeah we still haven't heard anything recently about Isaiah Thomas or God forbid Michael Porter or Jared Vanderbilt uh they're they're not big on on uh the updates uh, on these injured guys Uh, in Detroit uh, Glenn Robinson the third missed time uh, with that ankle injury that he had to have surgery on last year uh but only missed I think eight games he's back at an active ish Smith still looking at two to three weeks uh they've definitely been struggling in games where jose calderon has to play a lot of minutes so he, he can't get back quickly enough cleveland david nawaba and rodney hood are still both out for the Cavs. so it's been jalen jones and jaron blossom game getting a lot of minutes and it's looking like patrick mccaw could be in the rotation for them immediately here is he playing tonight he is. He is playing tonight, and Rodney Hood returned to the starting lineup in this. Oh, game good. Well. Okay. All right. That was uh, I, I, that is an improvement because I made that note yesterday. Um, and McCaw. I mean, he they could use him both because they have nobody who can defend at all on the perimeter, and they've got all these guys uh, who are out. Tristan Thompson also returned uh, for the Cavs tonight. Uh, Ante Zizic has missed a couple with knee soreness but he probably would have been out of the rotation anyway with Thompson back and then Kevin Love has started at least doing shooting drills coming off of that toe surgery but he hasn't been doing any anything practice wise yet uh let's turn to Golden State whom uh McCaw spurned and uh looks like he's actually gonna benefit financially from that yeah it looks like he will the guarantee date for his contract the cut by date is January 7th considering he's already playing for the Cavs it seems pretty likely that he'll make the three million for the season and it's not prorated because it's from the mid-level exception, which is why the Warriors would have had to pay in the full $3 million as well. And McCaw, it's a non-guaranteed $3 million for next year. I haven't seen the guarantee date yet. I'm guessing it's going to be the similar in January. So we'll, we'll check that when we get to it. It would have been expensive for the Warriors. I talked about this a lot for, at The Athletic. If you want to read the piece, it's still relevant. It still goes through the math of everything like that. But the Warriors are getting DeMarcus Cousins back at some point. We still don't have a specific timeline, but it does seem like he's getting better. He went through a full practice on Wednesday and they're getting closer with that. And I mean, for the Warriors, as they go through this and, you know, sure, seating and all that matters, DeMarcus Cousins is the most interesting thing they have going right now for the remainder of probably from now until early April, let's say. All right. So I got another prediction one for you here on the Warriors. This is totally out of the blue. I just thought of this right now. We're doing no preparation on this whatsoever. What will Clay Thompson's true shooting 
percentage be for the rest of the year and i'll give you give you a little bit of context here this season he's really struggled 53 percent true shooting a year ago 59 percent, and he had been at 59 percent for the last four seasons before this one i'm gonna go with 57 he could certainly play at the rate of last year and he has had some moments in the last couple of games also the Warriors going away from the stagger has taken away some of those times when he's incredible when he's less efficient just because he has to take more self-created shots but you know maybe a slight step down so I'll go with 57 percent I don't know what that would put his total season number at but we'll but 57 percent all right I was gonna say 56 that was that was my number so uh I'm taking the downside and you're taking the upside here I guess let's jump to the team that they play the Warriors play in a big game on Thursday the Houston Rockets Eric Gordon has a knee contusion hoping he won't be out too long but he will miss that game against the Warriors on Thursday James Ennis will return from his hamstring issue and his compatriot with a hamstring issue Chris Paul is not that close to being ready he said on New Year's Day I believe that he had that he has no clue when he's going to be ready to come back he's just trying to make sure he's healed when he returns Woj reported that the league sent out an anti-tampering letter this seems like basically people are complaining and so they need to see like need to seem like they're doing something the money quote from it this principle of not tampering is particularly important in today's media environment where any actions or comments relating to potential player movement receive immediate and widespread public attention. Teams should be entitled to focus their efforts on the competition this season with the players they have under contract without having to divert attention or resources to conduct or speculation regarding the potential destinations of those players in future seasons once their contracts expire. Oh, poor, poor teeth. Like, the idea that this is really a distraction, attention or resources because the coach might have to answer a couple of questions about whether the guy might get traded or not i mean come on man were they not going to answer questions on something else i mean i don't i don't think this gets there and let's talk about the new orleans pelicans because we're already on this point nikola miritich is getting closer getting closer does not mean that he's playing he's already been ruled out went like early in the day i believe it was the day the day of he was ruled out for no it was on tuesday he was ruled out for wednesday with this ankle issue that is certainly concerning alfred payton is back that's great and ad missed a game due to illness which they lost but now he has fortunately returned there really is a lot of news here uh in atlanta kent bazemore he's gonna miss uh, about two weeks in total suffered that injury a few days ago the hawks are very conservative on bringing guys back from injury and it seems like uh torian prince is not getting a ton closer either coming back from his ankle injury lloyd pierce said just after christmas that he's still a ways away and he hasn't really even been doing any low impact activity yet so i mean that's they're in theory they're starting two and they're starting three although kevin herter has been starting for some time now just due to the youth movement but certainly their best two and their best three and Baysmore certainly a potential trade candidate but sounds like he'll at least be back and healthy before the trade deadline and they also have had Dwayne Dedman miss time with knee soreness but he returned on Wednesday against the Wizards which is kind of a shame to me because they actually had been playing John Collins some at center 
rather than going with uh, Miles Plumley. And granted, they it's hard to play Collins at center because they don't have a ton of fours. Uh, Justin Anderson getting a little bit there, Vince Carter getting a little bit there. But I still think I'd like to see more of Collins at center. I thought that looked pretty good against the Pacers with a, a little more space. Trey Young was able to get to the rim more easily with Collins at center. Now, of course, they couldn't stop anybody, but you know they don't really stop anybody anyway. But I mean, this is their big problem is on offense. I mean, they're the 30th ranked offense for a long time. It's one of the few times their offense has looked pretty good with him at center. And it, it was also palpable to me, you know, Collins, I think, is shooting under 25% from three. So there really just isn't any spacing when he's at the four. And I saw that the Pacers had a ton of success trapping Trey Young. And then because there wasn't any spacing, guys were able to just easily get back to their men. And they weren't able to take advantage of the fact that two guys are double teaming young uh, out on the floor so quick aside there on the hawks uh what else we got here mitchell robinson is getting closer to returning after his ankle injury he's not clear uh, not all the way ready yet but getting there and they're on a road trip so hopefully he can be back by the end of it jeff teague Derek rose and robert covington were all questionable or doubtful against the boston celtics none of them played they are trailing as of when we record this Ersan Ilyasova is making his way back from a broken nose. He practiced on Monday, but it sounds like he might be there Friday or Saturday. They play the Hawks and the Raptors, so he should be getting close. And, you know, we'll talk about this probably in the 1560, but DJ Wilson has really been impressive in his stead. Yeah, that is one that we're going to need to lock in on. They really have not missed a beat at all. They completely destroyed Detroit yesterday. Indiana, Miles Turner broke his nose but did not suffer a concussion. So he actually could play on Friday versus the Bulls. He didn't practice today, but the hope is he can get fitted for a max mask and be back. And Doug McDermott hurt his ankle against the Hawks and uh, unclear whether he will be able to play on Friday against the Bulls. Speaking of them, Jabari Parker has uh, been exiled from the Bulls rotation, basically with the ascension of Jim Boylan to head coach. And Casey Johnson uh, did a long interview with him. But uh, the most important thing to come from that is that the Bulls and Parker's representatives are working to find a trade scenario that works for both parties. As of now, though, apparently, the teams that are interested in Parker are asking the Bulls to take on bad long-term contracts, and that's a non-starter for the Bulls who structured Parker's deal the way they did for a reason. Now, I'd be curious to know whether taking on bad long-term contracts also means that the Bulls would get some assets in exchange, or they're just hoping to trade Parker away and get him and send back bad money that goes on beyond next year obviously there's no reason that the Bulls would want to do that but I do fear that with the way this season has gone with Boylan probably not making it too sexy of a free agent destination both due to the style that they're playing and some of his well publicized foibles if they actually really are like no we can't take on any long-term money along with an asset and of course it depends what that asset is and, and stuff like that but if they're just completely opposed to that notion i think that would be a mistake in the abstract we don't know what the asking price shift is going to be from taking on 1920 money now versus in july but my instinct is that the asking price will go down just because the number of teams that can take it on is going to go up and then the number of teams that still have cap space when the main guys decide is going to be numerous this is a flush year so everybody who's kind of playing hardball with it i i think that they're most likely making mistakes we've seen cleveland move more quickly on this i think that will end up looking pretty good for them but we could move on to charlotte they are dealing with some injury problems that could end up being a really big deal for them jeremy lamb suffered a hamstring injury going for a loose ball he uh he like seems like he's gonna miss a few games 
hamstrings are tricky, something we talked about before. He did not play on Wednesday. Devontae Graham started in his place, and they got absolutely demolished by the Dallas Mavericks. And remember, Dallas basically doesn't win on the road, and yet they just crushed the Hornets, who are also without, we've heard this story before, Cody Zeller. And now Zeller's missing time. They do have some depth with Hernan Gomez and maybe even exhuming Biombo or Frank Kaminsky, but Zeller is an important part of the rotation. Yeah, the numbers aren't as terrifying as they were a couple of years ago with Zeller off the floor. Kaminsky, negative 0.9 net rating playing between the four and the five. Hernan Gomez does have the worst net rating of any player to play more than 100 minutes on the team at negative 3.4. But I think he can, he's actually a better offensive player than Zeller. So I don't think it's going to kill them that much. If they have to play Biombo, that'll be a major problem. But they've also gotten some mileage out of playing, whether you want to call MKG or Marvin Williams the center. This is going to put a lot more pressure, really, I think, on Williams, who you know is getting up there into his early 30s now. Maybe this will mean more time for Miles Bridges, who actually didn't play the other night, and they'll just generally go with smaller, more offense-heavy lineups with Lamb out, too. You have to imagine that Bridges uh, will feature more prominently, as will Malik Monk. Not featuring prominently in Brooklyn has been Alan Crabb. He's now missed three weeks, and it was just diagnosed as a sore knee now they've been a little bit more specific it's actually a bruised fat pad in his knee so he'll be reevaluated in one to two more weeks that doesn't sound great the language made it seem like hey if this doesn't resolve maybe some kind of surgical intervention might be required uh ronde hollis jefferson suffering his second adductor strain in the last six months this one on the right side so that's the opposite side uh, of the very severe one that he suffered working out during the summer uh sounds like it's going to be more along the lines of a couple of weeks for this one and then Travion Graham suffered that severe hamstring injury very early on uh he's now been assigned to the Long Island Nets and uh with Hollis Jefferson out he might have a chance to, to come in and play a little bit um Ruddy Kuroks and Jared Dudley also going to benefit uh from Hollis Jefferson being out and I actually think they're a little bit better without Hollis Jefferson we've talked before about how he really crimps the spacing of their spread pick and roll game um so I'd, I'm very interested to see what Kuroks in particular can do with more time at the four position finally we have the the boston celtics robert williams has missed the last five straight with a a groin issue he will he's missing wednesday's game against minnesota but he will be back shortly he has been a part of the rotation with aaron bain still being out and i'd be excited to see him back in the rotation kyrie irving is also missing wednesday's game due to this inflammation in his left eye he got got scratched there and will but he'll be reevaluated on thursday it seems like he'll he'll be back you know this won't keep him out long term but we don't have a specific timeline yet wow that was an exhaustive news segment so uh, let's get to our little feature here of players we'd like to see playing elsewhere i actually have like 25 people on my list but we won't spend too much time on them Uh, i do just in general have a top five and my number one guy i'd most like to see playing somewhere else is anthony davis i'm sorry to say that pelicans fans but it's looking like he's just never going to be relevant late in the playoffs and i really want to see him competing at the highest levels with another all-star on his team i don't think he's never played with another all-star right or at least in that season um and i think he's probably only played with one guy who's ever even made an all-star team at any point in his career unless it was somebody who was just totally at the end of his career and and drew holiday who made it you know back before he was even traded to the pels so that's my number one guy i mean I, i think it's just 
it's time they're not going to be competing anytime soon they don't have a path to compete he's playing a billion minutes a game to try to get them into the playoffs and i just want to see him on a contender my number one is a player who is on a team that i have a little less hope for the pelicans i still you know have this optimism yeah. that if but they can ever be they healthy, do actually play well and, when, when ad's out there i mean it's not oh yeah oh it, yeah it's more just that like it's time i think it, you know it's not like they are so bad that like you know it's just like i can't, my eyes are bleeding i actually enjoy the brand of basketball that they play but i i just want to see him really find out more about him at the highest levels of the nba as opposed to this all right he's carrying this team look what he's doing uh but they're not really a contender at all so my number one it's been time and that's kemba walker i mean the hornets they just aren't that interesting at this point we know what they are even though they've been sabotaged by some mistimed injuries and being terrible in close games. Kemba Walker is a wonderful player. I would like to see him on a team that is more competitive during this part of his career. I would love to see it happen as soon as possible. I wish it happened two years ago, but it didn't. So now he he's number one on my list. AD is number, I don't know if he's number two, or but he's, he's in that mix because I really like AD on the Pelicans. That's the fundamental difference is like there is an iteration of them that I do really enjoy, but I don't know where it's going. And then I think if we're if we're going to talk about Anthony Davis here, obviously it would depend on Davis. But once if that if that happens, whenever it does, then Drew Holiday gets on this list too. Because unless they get a really good fitting team, I'd like Drew Holiday. You know, is in or damn close to his prime player that I genuinely love watching. He was massive in their first round sweep of the Blazers last year. So if the if the Pelicans become less competitive, if they do a pivot, and I talked before about how I don't think they would trade Drew as a part of that, I would like to see them do so. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. Uh, I think I also would like to see Drew actually just play full-time point guard on a team. They've always just been so hard-pressed for wings. I think they've kind of talked themselves into this idea that like, oh, he's so much better playing the two. But yeah, when you've got to play Etuan more at the three because you don't have any other threes, then who are you going to play at the two? I guess it's going to be Drew. Um, And, you know, maybe he could be better at the two if you really have a guy who can shoot at the one. But the ones that they've played with him the most have been Tim Frazier, Alfred Payton and Rajon Rondo. So it's not exactly giving him room for those powerful drives to the basket. The second guy that came to mind for me, LeBron James. For one year, I would love for him to go, like, if they could just, the Lakers could just loan him out this year to a team that could actually, you know, realistically win. And, and maybe they'll make some move at the deadline, but it seems like not because they're going to try and get up these, they've got these cap space aspirations in the fall, or, or I'm sorry, in the summer. So they're not going to win. LeBron James deserves to be on a championship contender. I, I would like not having him with a great chance to find us. And I am still picking them to be the Warriors opponent if the bracket breaks right in the conference final. But I don't think they have a realistic chance of beating Golden State with this group, at least. So I'd like to see him somewhere else. But obviously, that's not going to happen. Another one that's not going to happen. And this one's hard because there are elements of Minnesota that I do think are really good fit with Carl Anthony Towns. But Thibodeau as the coach is not one of those. He, I mean, Towns has had some absolutely monster games. But I just think he needs that right that right system and, and everything else like that to, to really go at it. And especially their guards just don't really seem to mesh for me with what I want from Carl Anthony Towns. The forwards, yeah. I mean, Covington and Sharich and Taj Gibson in certain orientations, like, yeah, you could play those three guys and make a, a pretty fun front court rotation. But the problem is this team has very little flexibility and they're and, and part of the reason they have so little flexibility is because 
because they have they have given Andrew Wiggins and Gorgie Jang so much money, and those guys do not make sense with Carlin. Defensively, it seems like Towns is starting to come around a little bit, and maybe Tibbs deserves some credit for that, and that's a, something that we aren't giving him enough credit for. But Tibbs' offense is pretty archaic, both in terms of the personnel, playing with Taj Gibson, playing with the other guys who just are not great shooters. Wiggins is not a great shooter at this point in time. Rose somehow is making threes this year, but he's doing a lot of that off the dribble. You know, he's not really a, a floor spacer. I mean, I would love to see Towns used offensively the same way Nikola Jokic is in Denver. He's a wonderful passer as well and doesn't really get a chance. You know, Tibbs doesn't do a ton of elbow stuff and I thought really failed to put Towns in position to succeed against the Rockets last year. So that's one. And also just because, again, there's really no path to contention for the team. We talked about that in the 15 and 60. Um, really quickly, another guy who falls in this category of just kind of stars who aren't competing right now. I wouldn't I wouldn't put Towns or Lillard in my top five, but just because we're discussing him, the uh, the second one or would be Lillard there because, again, we've just seen what it is with this Portland group. Like, I think it's just, I find myself having very little to say about them because it's been the same guys for so long. We know what their strengths and weaknesses are. So I, I think just as a fan, I would like to see him in another destination. Not even that, you know, his career is being wasted in Portland. I think they've done a, as good a job as they could other than that 2016 offseason. But I'd like to see him with a different group where if you trap him and he get the ball out of his hands, the other guys can actually like hurt the defense unlike in the playoffs last year so somebody that's high on my list because the the best examples is where it makes that player you know really helps them blossom and theoretically it can restructure things enough to make to help the other team maybe not like they're better without them or something crazy like that but Brandon Ingram I don't think he makes sense with LeBron James Ingram is better with the ball in his hands he's still a reluctant shooter defensively it's to me it's more physical potential there are times when I, I really love his defense and I so I think that end I'm not as concerned but on the offensive end I just don't think their games mesh and LeBron James signed a three plus one this is LeBron James team like that's the way this works and there are other guys on the Lakers who will who I'd like to bring up later for being you know maybe imperfect fits but I think Ingram is the worst fit of their young guys you know it would be another pretty good prediction contest for us would be like will Brandon Ingram be on the Lakers as of x date but well I mean you could basically set this as an as an over under and as and uh, I mean I'm trying to think about what date because if it's one day after the moratorium next year my answer is going to be take you know take the under <laughs> but all right we'll, we'll we'll save that one for a little later um agreed on Ingram he was a, a, on my list as well though not not that high just because he hasn't shown enough where it's like oh man this guy's just so good and he's really being limited you know I'm, I'm not quite there with him yet I do think he's not in the greatest position to succeed I, I'll grant you that but I'm not just like so eager to see what he could do when the shackles uh, are off oh so i wanted to, ju- to jump to something else it's not necessarily rankings but i think that so i broke mine into different categories and i thought you'd like this from a, a thought perspective category and so we could talk about guys that are that guys that are buried in the rotation in a little bit but i created a section of players who are blocking someone or something that i found more interesting so it's not necessarily that it's better or something like that and i'll rattle off a couple of them who you know could be at different places in the list the most important one here for me is the son white side side has his definitely has his moments like not a not a bad player in any way shape or form i just find myself substantially more interested in miami when they're running bam and olenic and those sorts of combinations like when Whiteside missed a couple of games so i just think that miami is a more compelling team when hassan Whiteside is not on it so that puts him relatively high on my list interesting so you're looking at it more of the addition by subtraction not like oh man i'd love yeah. to see 
see Hassan Whiteside, uh, you know. Yeah, it's more like I'd love to see Hassan Whiteside not on Miami. I mean, the crazy thing, though, I, I don't think we would because, like, this is one of the most disciplined organizations in the league, and they still can't. Oh, oh get sorry, him to I should frame smart. this. I want to see Miami without Hassan Whiteside. I, I should rephrase that. That's what I'm more interested in. I'm not as interested in Hassan Whiteside playing somewhere else. I just would rather yeah. see Miami without him. All right, well, that is an interesting and extremely negative concept. Do you want me to rattle off a couple more while you think about it? <laughs> yeah. I have yeah, a couple no, more. Please, please regale so, me here. So, Ennis Kanner on the Knicks. I just find all of their other center options oh, yeah. more fascinating. Mitchell Robinson, when he gets back, Bonley playing you're center. You're going to get your wish uh, pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, Cornette and Porzingis. You know, like, yeah, okay. they're, they're Cor- all these. Cornette's all these reasons awful. there. I can't stand Cornette. Yeah, but the Knicks he, are awful, so it's good. okay. They need to, they need to get past that. If he gets time probably over more, Robinson, I'm not. Gonna... This isn't necessarily a. I want to see him on a different team. I just want to see Diallo start over Terrence Ferguson. So I'm just going to put that out there into the world and hope that it happens at some point. I just like I think Diallo is a better fit. I like him better. And then the one that I think is the most compelling. I hinted at this in a piece for the Athletic for long term team building purposes and just for a, a couple other factors. I think the Nets would be wise to give Spencer. Dinwiddie a larger opportunity to play with their best players because they gave Dinwiddie an extension. They did not give D'Angelo Russell an extension. Russell has this gigantic cap hold and Russell, it's not like he's sucks or he's having a bad season or anything like that. I just think they need a different set of data points because if Dinwiddie's good enough to be the starter, maybe you still bring D'Angelo Russell back if his, you know, if his salary is low enough and you don't get anything else in free agency. But I think it's important for them to see that at the bare minimum. So that doesn't necessarily require trading D'Angelo Russell, but it might. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what his trade value was, whether there are some teams that are like really enamored of what he's done this year. I, I'm not quite as in that camp. So here's a Another category for me is young guys who may not be in the best place to develop. And I'm going to start right now with every young player on the Bulls, just due to the pace that Jim Boylan is playing at it. And he said they want to play with more pace eventually. He's talking about it like we're crawling right now and we can't run. Uh, I guess Jim Boylan is is a big wire fan. I don't know. Doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. Uh, But anyway, I mean, they're just like Stefan Noah has been all over this. He just wrote a piece on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash capspace with all these examples of times when even off of turnovers like they're they're specifically been told not to run and he has gotten the defense better but as Stefan noted a lot of that's because they're playing better defensive players and Jabari Parker is not in the rotation anymore and you know, Chris Dunn is back Markin is better than what they had at power forward before so hard to say that like this slower pace is causing them to play better defense I mean I think that's sort of a psychological misnomer there but in any event it's just been like a lot of crappy static post-ups like they've been force feeding Robin Lopez in the post Wendell Carter Jr. really has not been getting much opportunity offensively since Boylan took over and it's just all it's been pretty unimaginative they are running stuff from you know 10 years ago and the Spurs don't run a ton of imaginative stuff either these days but you know they've got DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge they're not trying to develop young guys and you know Markinen Carter I mean these are guys with a lot of skills who I think could really benefit from an imaginative offensive system Zach Levine needs to kind of be encouraged to push the ball he's at his best in transition I think it's better for him to take shots early in the clock instead of just have to jack up shots late where he really fall into bad habits so I'm not liking what is happening here with the development even if they are in theory playing better I don't think that's due to the fact that they're playing at a snail's pace yeah 
that's that's an interesting concept. I'm probably on board with it. I had on I had a separate category which we're not gonna go through probably of not there yet, but getting closer to being on this <laughs> list. And I had Wendell Carter and Lowry Markinen on there. Actually, I'll rattle through those quickly because they didn't make it. A Koji, I just just with the way Tibbs runs his rotations, I like him. I wish he played more. And again, we're gonna have to put a pin in it. Jalen Brown on the Celtics. You know, I I would love to see him get a chance to really stretch his wings. And he might in Boston. I mean, they they have a lot of things to sort out. Yeah, but we'll keep an eye. I on mean, it. the biggest thing that he needs to work on right now is passing and he just needs reps with that you know and i'm not just that's not to say to me i mean getting a guy that young to play winning basketball which bron largely has over the course of his career certainly in the playoffs last year is no mean feat that's impressive but i think it's at the point now where i'd like to see him able to do more in pick and roll just get some chances to make some mistakes which he really just doesn't have at this point in time i want to throw one at you okay so i had a category slightly different from one of the ones you had of players that would be better or more interesting somewhere else so you know kind of that and one player that i put on the list is kevin durant oh yeah no that is a good one actually uh, i think because we saw what he was doing towards the tail end of that time that curry was out he was just killing and now you know he really just hasn't had a game like that since curry has returned and you know curry has played pretty well kitty's continued to play pretty well but I really, the Warriors finally found something in putting a little bit of spacing around him, running the stuff that he likes to run. So yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably hoping that he leaves. I think I'm hoping that he leaves after this year. We'll, we'll, I want to see how the year ends up. Um, but for, for me, it totally depends on where he goes. I do not want to see him go somewhere. You know, <laughs> New York. Ah, oh, sorry. Team is sorry. Un- uh, get, getting wow, you must, you must really need to do, you had, had an apple stuck in your throat or something. <laughs> That's like, but okay. So I want to go through some other guys. These are kind of a mix of buried, but just guys that I want to see somewhere else that are mostly on the young side. Markel Fultz. Oh God. Yeah, it's he, just he not was a like, good situation. He, he might be my number, not, not number one, because we just don't know if he's good. Uh, but he was my number one outside of the kind of stars who just aren't in competitive situations. Yeah, he's very, very high on my list. I mean, OG well, and well, so, on the rap. So Markel, let's talk about him a little bit more. I mean, the, yeah, we, sure. we've talked about this before, but there's just no way he's going to do develop even if he can get over uh, these health issues or these confidence issues whatever it is we're just never going to see what's uh, going to happen with him i mean best case scenario he's kind of an off-ball shooter maybe he gets the backup point guard job but he's always going to have a butler or an Embiid or a simmons out there so yeah just sending him somewhere where there's not as much of an emphasis on oh you got to play off these guys and to do that you need to be able to shoot so hey when are you getting your shot back and we can't play you unless you get your shot back so yeah i mean i i would love to see him i mean Orlando still to me seems like the uh, the best one. Let him run a little pick and roll with uh, Nikola Vucevic and uh, some other team that has some pretty good spacing. But it doesn't seem like they're looking to move him right now. But we'll see. Uh, but definitely, it just it doesn't make a ton of sense for him to to be in Philly at this point in time. A couple of guys that I like I like where they are, but they're just a little bit too far down in the rotation at the moment. So I'm not like oh they need to be traded right now. Or OG Ananobi and Ojale, both those guys. If things open up, I could absolutely love them on the team. I mean, OG, his defense could be a great fit for the Raptors, depending on how they conceive of this team moving forward. A lot of that depends on what Kawhi Leonard chooses. And with Ojale, Boston just has too many guys better than him. I like him a lot. They just, but I'm not going to say, oh, he's a bad fit or something like that. It's just that he doesn't play enough. Yeah, Ojale is a good one. I'd like to see if he can develop his shooting in game situations a little more because I do think he could be very valuable defensively if that happens. Here's one I wanted to discuss with you. Do you think that Jaron? 
Jackson is in the best place for him to develop right now? Huh. So you and I both love Jaron Jackson. And so there are two different things that I'm thinking here. So one is the power forward center problem. So Jaron Jackson's best position long-term, not that any player has to start in that spot to finish there. Is it center? They have Marcus Ole. Now, Marcus Ole has a player option for next year. He could opt out and leave. He could pick it up and then leave after that year. But at least for the time being, he won't get as many reps that position. They're playing him at starting four. But the bigger thing is not that. And why I think this is a really interesting call is offensively. J.B. Bickerstaff has not to this point, even though Jaron Jackson is playing power forward, he has not really used him as that pick and pop threat. And Jackson's jumper is a little bit weird mechanically, but that's a big part of his value. And so, yeah, I don't expect to see it, but I think that he would have a better chance. You know, this is kind of paralleling something with Towns. Like, he'd have a better chance of being actualized somewhere else, even though I don't expect him to be anywhere else. The offensive part of it is concerning. The the fact that they just don't run anything where he's stationed at the three-point line but you could say hey you know what like you're shooting you can develop that in other ways i actually think their offense would probably look a lot better if they stationed him out by the three-point line more often and there's 27th ranked offense they could use all the space they can get but i there's something to be said for him kind of being on the carl anthony towns at kentucky development program and we saw that having to play inside in the post having that emphasized didn't hurt his outside shooting at all he came in as a really nice shooter to Kentucky and barely shot any threes but he always had that in his game he's you can still practice your standstill jump shooting it's something where it's not like oh man he hasn't developed his jumper because he hasn't shot it in games I think that's less of a concern and so the idea that he's being taught to try and beast smaller players in the post work on his post game that he's being protected a little bit more defensively protected on the defensive glass as well where he is going to have to get better but and he is getting more reps right now as a perimeter defender which may eventually serve him well as he's doing more switching so i just wanted to put that out there you know if he's still not shooting threes next year and that's not a major part of the offense then i think i'll have some more concern um but i mean he played very well so far and he's been everything that we hoped he would be on defense to this point he's been a part of a, a team that's playing reasonably well as a starter and so i no i, I don't think that you can and say that yet but it's certainly something i'll be monitoring so let's stay on the young guys thing and there are a bunch of guys who it's just maybe not the right opportunity for them or they're being buried i'll, I'll just rattle through some and you can you can stop and elaborate on some of them if you want obviously i'm a scal guy scal is completely buried on the, oh yeah on the kings jordan bell on the warriors he's basically out of the rotation even before demarcus cousins returns yep that is not a he good was sign on my list too he's, he's been playing a little bit better but I, I would like to see him as someone who just has the gets more time to play through his mistakes and you know and i think he kind of needs that at this point in time and to not go out there and play tight either you know i think he actually has more offensive skill than he's gotten a chance to show and so i i would like to see him up because the guy makes plays you know i mean like and they are kind of teaching him some lessons with playing time and stuff like that but you know he's a guy who makes a lot of plays defensively he'll make plays offensively but he's got to get a little bit more room to spread his wings i think he's not nearly as young but ekpe udo has been pretty fun in the limited minutes that he's when he when he's gotten to play utah is still figuring out their their front court rotation i mean if they're going to start jay crowder regularly at the four then then there isn't really a place for udo unless they move favors i don't expect them to move favors so he gets on my list wayne selden has played you know he's had double digit minutes games at various moments in time not in the last couple for the memphis grizzlies i like him i just wish he could play more over the brooks brothers and whoever else they have 
have like there are playing in Memphis. You know, it's not anything I think. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to mention with Jaron Jackson. I think Kyle Anderson's a four. So theoretically, anything that kind of shifts this to get those guys in better alignment, you know, I'm broadly on board with too. All right, lightning run here now. There's just the good vets on teams where they just don't really make sense anymore. Kent Bazemore, Robin Lopez. Kevin Love is one, actually, I think. I am actually, I'd like to see him on a team that's competing, but I am also actually kind of curious to see how he's going to look with more of an offensive load again. And he has been on pretty good teams. And to to my mind, at least against the absolute best teams, hasn't contributed as much, uh, certainly against Golden State or if they go up against a Houston or something like that. But so I am kind of curious to see what he looks like as the the number one option but there's also part of me that says hey like get this guy in a good team it doesn't make sense for him to be on cleveland still anyone else that kind of falls in that category for you have just good vets on teams that aren't competing for anything anytime soon yeah i have a few jeremy lynn and Dwayne deadman oh yeah both on the Hawks. Yeah. Terrence Ross on the Magic. He's just being. Uh, he, I, I love him as a bench player, but Orlando just they're not. They're not there yeah, yet. I, I actually don't agree Trevor, on him because I think he's he's got so many weaknesses defensively. I kind of like him aesthetically more as just a bomber who can come in and get hot on a team that really needs that skill set. You know, I'm not sure how much. He I just helps. like to see him get the opportunity. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'd like. To, he, he played in the playoffs already with the Raptors. Like, I, I don't think he's really like that good of a playoff player. Where it's like, oh man, like I. Like, this guy's a starter in the playoffs. One guy who is a starter in the playoffs, Trevor Reza. We don't know what the Wizards, what it holds. Markeith Morris could be useful on a successful team. We're seeing it with his twin brother right now. And I don't think he's a playoff player for a bunch of different reasons, but Ryan Anderson could just be helping somebody a lot more than he's helping the Suns. I I like watching Ryan Anderson play. Which is kind of weird, but... He may be... I would love to see uh, yeah. him get that it, it opportunity. Was like just less than a month before they just benched his ass, but he he also had a four point five per. So and it's also the Suns, so I, I'm not necessarily sure that I give well, them all the. I, benefit I think they made the, the right doubt. decision to bench him, though. Sure, yeah, they have all these other forward yeah. options, front court options. Yeah, I'm on board with it, but I just would. I think I think he might have something more now. The Suns would not be getting much in return, but yeah. Um, Anthony Tolliver is just totally out of the rotation in yeah. Minnesota now. Good with call. the uh, the shark. I think he can still help a team uh Wayne Ellington hasn't been playing as much in Miami either um this is one I think Salah Mejri could still help a team I think like and he's making the minimum I think he actually would help like a team like Charlotte especially with Zeller being out now I mean but he's got five centers basically or four centers ahead of him in DJ Kleba Dwight Powell and Dirk so he's just never gonna play and I think he's actually you know he'll follow a lot but he could give you 10 or 15 minutes a game block some shots finish around the room yeah I mean at least for this season and I can't remember Measury's free agent status after this year, whether he's restricted or unrestricted, but it, he'll be that would be a fact. Okay, so then that that's a little bit less of an impetus for Dallas then, because you assume he will be properly paid. And Dallas's front court rotation is a series of question marks after this season. I mean, I love Kleba. I mean, he, I could make an argument that I would could advocate for Kleba to be their starting center next year. So we'll see. It depends on who says yes to them. I wanted to throw one name at you, not because he's a bad player or a bad fit or anything else like that, but I would love to see Delon Wright get a more consistent an oh, opportunity entire, really get a chance to the entire raptors bench <laughs> was on my list <laughs> yeah like i mean because they're all these guys that i, I like and they all have they're, they're doing great things in toronto but they don't really get that opportunity to spread their wings because they're too damn good how did we go this long without mentioning milos teodosic oh uh, for our own satisfaction he might even be higher than like he was like number five four on my for list, me actually I, but we oh just, yeah didn't come up organically yet but no i mean like he, he, that 
Tech, number one, just because he's entertaining as hell to watch, but number two, like, he can actually really help a team. And, like, how he hasn't been traded to Orlando or Phoenix yet, I have no idea. Yeah, there were all these rumblings, even though Tadosic isn't didn't isn't Slovenian, didn't play for Slovenia, that Kokoshkov would make that happen, and I'm so depressed that it didn't happen, because even if he was just staggered with Booker, he would make the Suns so much better to watch. We've talked about how they're an abject failure when Devin Booker's not on the floor, and sure, Tadosic sucks at defense, but he would be a godsend for them offensively. I also had a note in there, since we're talking about the Clippers, of just the Clippers' center rotation. I love, you know, like, Harold starting, getting a more consistent opportunity. I love Boban. I think he's interesting, and so I don't know if that's trading Gortat, if that's trading Boban, whatever, just something to stabilize that a little bit. One of Jonathan Isaac or Aaron Gordon. Sure. Your pick. Although there is still yeah. some hope we could see Isaac at center someday, but he's pretty skinny. Yeah, I, I had Aaron Gordon on there for a different reason, just because I, I think that he's miscast in what Orlando is going to need sure. from him the next couple of years. Like they're just they're just not there yet. So I would I would actually rather see Aaron Gordon on a different team. I had a I had a, a group of guys that I don't want to say their team would be better off without them because they're most of them are very capable players. It's just that I don't like their fit on their team. So it's a different kind of thing. Like I would like to see them traded if they could get a decent return. I'll just rattle those off quickly. Reggie Jackson, Andrew Wiggins, Gorgie Jang, Aaron Gordon was on this list for me. Darren Collison. And then the young guys that I, oh, Bellinelli. I have Dennis Schroeder on this just because I don't think he fits in their closing lineup. I, I you know, I've, I have my misgivings with the Schroeder trader are, are well known. And then the two young guys, Justin Jackson, I just don't think he's good enough and I don't think he will get good enough. So Sacramento, it's kind of a, not a sunk cost thing, but the, an opportunity cost issue there. And then Kyle Kuzma, I don't love his fit with LeBron. I think he's, oh, see, I, you know, I, I disagree. I think he's fits the best out of those guys. Lonzo would be the guy for me that I think I would like to see get more chances with the ball. Yeah, I could. Well, see, so, see, I think there's more of a, a chance to stagger Lonzo. Like he provides value in another way. Whereas Kuzma, I, I just think Kuzma's, you know, he, he's a different kind of a different kind of piece. And he's he's he can create the floor, a little. Bit he from, can attack off a of closeouts. I think he's actually not a terrible fit with LeBron uh, on offense. The defense concerns yeah, me. Okay, the yeah, defense I mean, I. Yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like I'm never going to like that enough and would rather sell early than sell late with him, personally. I, I just feel like yeah. at some point it's going to come to a head. I, I've got one more for you here. Let's let's close on this one. Sure. What about Gordon Hayward? Yeah, I mean, the he could benefit from just a different kind of situation, and Boston has so many other options. Yeah, now, I mean, I, I mean physically... It's impractical for contract yeah, purposes. Physically, he may just never get back, you know, but I do think that it's just, especially because he's not like that aggressive of a guy that with him not coming back Kyrie is very aggressive of a guy at least on the basketball court and so for Hayward you know I would like to him to get a chance to work through getting the ball in his hands a little bit more and try to refine his confidence it's with this team there's just so much pressure to win they're theoretically a championship contender and so trying to get it back in that context I think is very difficult so hopefully he'll come around and we won't have to think that anymore but uh, and just also it seems like it's been such a star-crossed stint for him in Boston to begin with. It might just be better for him to, to go elsewhere. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's a thought I had. I, I wouldn't put him near the top of the list, but it's one where seeing him kind of have these scoreless games and coming off the bench and stuff, like he had so much talent. You want to see him in a place where he could try to rediscover it a little bit more easily. We can save my list of guys that I think their team should just straight up cut for a, a different <laughs> one because that's kind of a different list. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that'll make their agents happy. Um, 
All right, let's yeah. uh, let's we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that another time. Uh, anything you want to talk about before we go here? Yeah, I had a piece. I I teased this on a recent episode, but I wrote about this theoretical thing that the Clippers could do, where if they needed to, if they couldn't clear all of the space, they could actually do a sign in trade where they acquired a star player and sent Gallinari back. The most interesting hypothetical here would be the Warriors if Kevin Durant wanted to go to the Clippers because the Warriors would be better off with Gallinari than any guy they could get for the mid level. It would be expensive, but that that was the theory behind it. That piece is at the athletic los angeles specifically and working on a few other things but they're not ready yet so we'll be ready for the nba cast next week and of course plenty more dunk time all right we'll be back tomorrow with our awards can't wait for that talk to y'all then at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.